welcome, welcome, welcome. It is, hope you're ready for the second week in a row. Man. Be back. Yeah. I'm Will, and I'm the host, and my co-host this week is... Hugo Strange. What? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I wasn't ready. Um, so Mr. Strange, tell me about yourself. <laughs> you like blank. But I chose I chose Hugo Strange because re- just recently the Gotham series just had their finale. And for me it was everything. I've all I always enjoy Gotham and he is actually one of the most interesting characters to me outside of Bruce Wayne. I just feel like they probably need to make a whole series about uh, Hugo Strange, actually, with all of his freaks and stuff that he creates. Like, you know, I just really think he's an interesting person. So this week, I'm Hugo Strange, Professor Hugo Strange. Oh, okay. I remember him. Okay. Because it's been a while because, you know, I, I watch it with audio description and they haven't posted um the latest season yet so i'm behind i'm behind it's worth the wait okay okay i'm gonna be looking for it well it seems like there's been a lot of entertainment news going on um this past week so to take care of that topic mr strange All right. Well, two things I want to address quickly before I get into what I really want to talk about this week. Uh, Two shows uh, that have come back. Well, one has come back and one is a brand new show. The brand new show is Beat Shazam and the host is Jamie Foxx. And I watched the first uh, two episodes, me and my partner watched them, and it was awesome. I mean, in the, the way that the show works is, I don't know if Uh, maybe some of the listeners or whoever have not heard of the Shazam app where you can play any song. You turn on the app and you can play any song to the app and it will tell you the name of the song and uh, the artist within about 2.5 seconds Mm. of hearing the song. And so on this show, they're going to play like a clip of the song and you have to guess the song, like basically to beat Shazam. You know, but oh. in the beginning, you're going to start off playing against, I think there's usually uh, three sets of two, and then they compete to see who answers the fastest, and then they eventually eliminate one, one couple, and then eventually they elim- eliminate the other, and it's just the last two people that's going for, they're, they're trying to win a million dollars. Oh. And it's and then with Jamie Foxx, I really, on the very first episode, I felt kind of weird. Like, I didn't expect to see somebody like Jamie Foxx hosting a game show. I felt mm-hmm. like to to me that would be like seeing Halle Berry hosting a game show or mm-hmm. Denzel Washington hosting the game show, but it was incredible. I mean, it just reminded you of how funny Jamie Foxx really is. I mean, he has his banter with the with the contestants and just mm-hmm. everything. It's just great, great show to watch. Okay, uh, the, so it's, the set, it's yeah. kind of like a updated name that tune. <laughs> um, and and actually, I kept uh, it kept reminding me a little bit of uh, Don't Forget the Lyrics. I don't know how many people watched that because it got canceled. But uh, you had Wayne Brady hosting that. 
Oh. Where it was kind of, mm-hmm. And I really loved that show, and then it was just gone. So I'm really hoping that this does not happen with this show, which is why I'm kind of talking about it, because I don't feel like everybody might not know about it, even though it's on Fox, just as well as the second show I'm going to mention. I think the second show comes on, I, I believe, right after this one. Mm-hmm. And that show is the reboot of Love Connection with Andy Cohen. Uh, I was a little bit leery going into this, because even though I feel like Andy Cohen, you know, he's you know he's one of our good gays. I feel like out there that's kind of representing on the co-host side of the game. You know, mm-hmm. knowing knowing some good questions to ask, keeping it a little messy, keeping it keeping the guests truthful, and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, but I just wasn't sure because I'm just. I just remember so much the original love connection with uh, Chuck Woolery, uh-huh. and so, and uh, but it, it went. It was I was just you know going into it a little bit shaky, but I really enjoyed that those first two episodes of that show as well. I mean, it was very funny, very interesting to see the different people that 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 are on there, the different people that they choose. I mean, it was very, very, very interesting. I mean, at first, on the first episode, probably about 15, 20 minutes in, I was kind of feeling like, you know, being very judgmental, all the set, all this, all that. But I just stuck with it, stuck with it. And by the end of that first episode, I was like, hmm, that wasn't too bad. And then I went ahead to the second episode and I really loved it. I was like, you know, this is another good show to watch. Now that that is out of the way, you have any questions about that? So is it kind of similar to the original? Is it the same setup or? Um, it's, I think it's the same premise where, you know, you have the person come out there. I'm just going to kind of go a little bit over how they do it and you'll see the similarities pretty much. The pers- they show a little intro video of the person who's going to be choosing. <laughs> and then they actually, you see a little intro, you know, trying to introduce themselves on a little short video. Then they'll come out in front of the audience. There's a little live audience there, which is probably a bunch of seat fillers, but who cares? Uh, so they come out there and then they do a little banter with him and then they uh, show intro videos of the three people that the person went on a date with. And so after they do that, then they go, you know, through them each, you know, like on a kind of big big screen in, in front of the audience where the person is kind of like via Skype or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they're on a live video stream where they can see the person and, you know, they're kind of discussing the date. And then usually in the beginning, they'll, they'll talk about uh, how do you rate him? Andy will ask them, like, how did you rate the person that you dated or whatever? And, you know, they rate each other on the first impressions, which mm-hmm. they, the ratings were already done before the show. So then they revealed that. And like the per- one person might have given the other like out of on, on a scale of one out of ten, one person might give them an eight, and then the other person might give them a one or a two or whatever. So that's always interesting because w- that's happened within the first two episodes already, okay. where then where then the person will be kind of trying to explain themselves of why they gave this person a, a whatever they gave them, mm-hmm. and uh, so then they have that. And then after they go through each of them, each of them lasts about probably about, oh, and they do three love connection uh, deals per episode. So they, so they go, they move kind of quick, but it's very entertaining. 
Okay. Or at least I believe so. And so each of the each of the discussions about the date seem to last maybe about a minute or two, no mm-hmm. more. It's not it's not that long. And they'll mm-hmm. kind of discuss like what happened and then they will reveal some of the uh like I guess during the dates that they have, they have moments where they'll like uh, I guess maybe the camera crew or the production will have one of them to go step outside and record like on a little selfie video on a little cellular phone or something or a mobile phone. And then they'll record like their thoughts as they go through the day. And then certain pieces of it will get revealed as they discuss, mm. you know, the day, which kind of makes it a little bit messy where, you know, one person might've said, Oh, the kiss was really, you know, we kissed and it was so great. But then they'll reveal that the other person said like, Oh, that was awkward. And, I'm not sure how I feel about this, you know, something mm, like that. Okay. You know, and then they'll, you know, so it's a little, it's, it's quite interesting. And then, so, but, well, I'm sorry, I had to back up just a little bit. After they show the intro videos of each of the three people that are competing to be with that person, the audience will choose based on first impression. They will vote on the live audience who they think the person, the, the person should choose out of the three. Mm-hmm. And then that's revealed at the end of the episode. Okay. So after we after we talk about all of the dates and everything, then they will come back and the person will choose whoever they choose. And the, the, the whole little twist of it all is um, if the person chooses the same person that the audience chose, then they'll win $10,000. Plus they'll win another free date on the, on the, on the production uh, dime to go out on the, uh, on an overnight date with the person, you know, because mm-hmm. the first initial date is just a simple date, you know, wherever mm-hmm. they choose. They'll give the person, the, uh, the, the three people get $500 each to choose a place to take that person, I guess, to try to win them over. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, Sounds you know, interesting. I have to Oh, and so, and so if the person, this was the funny, the, one of the funny things about it is that if the person doesn't choose the same person that is revealed, the audience chose, then that person, the the person the audience chose, comes out there, and the person that uh, that they chose is still standing there by their side, and now they have to decide whether they're going to leave this person that they just chose to come out here and go with the other person just so they can get ten thousand dollars. Okay, sounds yeah. interesting, and I'll have to check it out. So All right. What else do you have in entertainment news? Okay, so the next one is really my biggest thing that I kind of been waiting to talk about for a while, and there's been a new little development in it that I'm gonna kind of go a little bit of a little bit of history from about from about two weeks ago up until this moment. Okay, so this is dealing with the Bill Cosby's rape trial, and I just been feeling really. I don't know, just really interested in this. And if they ever made a movie about it, I think I'll definitely be watching because this is crazy. Okay, so back on, I'm going, I'm starting back from the point of May 24th until this week. So back May 24th is just a few points. May 24th, there was news that the uh, trial was being started that week. Okay, and then the next thing that happened, the next thing we find out is there was some kind of issue going on with the, uh, I guess, Bill Cosby's attorneys were arguing that the uh, jury selection was being biased that out of 11 jurors at so far at that point, there was only one black person on the entire jury. Uh-huh. 
you know, which and so they were kind of, I guess, uh, trying to protest to the judge, but the judge rejected that whole premise that you know there's any kind of uh, race go, race race bias going on. And with that, I was kind of wondering a little bit about uh, before I realized that it was the his his actual attorneys fighting that. I was thinking maybe Bill Cosby might have actually wanted it that way because it, to me, I feel like a lot of the black community may actually be against him at this point. So that if he had a jury full, you know, with a lot of black people on it, they it might've easily convicted him. That's interesting because, you know, that whole jury selection process or um, voir dire, the attorneys have their chance to, you know, right. pick out who they don't want. So right. I, I hadn't been following that piece of it, so that's that's interesting. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm just gonna skip from that. I wanted to mention that because I did also feel like like that was very interesting that it just already was getting started on this kind of weird note that his 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 attorneys will be arguing about that. Yet I know from from talking to you enough to know that the attorneys have part of that process. So how can it be an issue if they're part of this? You know, but anyway, um, I want to skip to, I guess, my main situation now. Now, this, uh, on June 5th, there was news that Keisha Nipulliam is supporting Bill Cosby in court. She actually showed up to court with him, arm in arm, you know, mm -hmm. with her, with her um, dad, you know, with her TV dad, I should say, mm -hmm. you know, to support him. And it, and it just seemed like a lot of people that I saw online had a big issue with that. And I, I, I'm mentioning it because I don't really get it. I mean, whatever, I'm, I'm thinking whatever happened to innocent until proven guilty, just because a lot of people are possibly saying something or whatever, nothing has actually been proven. You know, it's, it's like uh, we've, we've entered into this whole era of being judged by the court of public opinion. You know, and I think that there's something incredibly wrong with that. She defended herself by saying that um, I came to support Cosby because this is where your heart, where you hear the facts. This is where the truth happens. Ultimately, it's easy to support someone and to be in their corner when things are great, when things are good. But true family, friendship, integrity, and how people show up and support when things aren't looking so great when they aren't shining, you know, and, 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 and I feel like, of course, that was a great thing for her to, to say, even though I feel like I get a little bit tired of people either apologizing or having to feeling like they have to come out and defend themselves for the decisions that they're making these days, whether they're celebrities or not, you know, and then, uh, and with that, with her saying that people love to go back to the fact that she, two years ago, she was on the celebrity apprentice, uh, show and she was actually fired because she would not call Bill Cosby to uh, ask for money for like ch some charity that they were raising for raising money for on a challenge and that she had actually said on the show that the reason why she uh, didn't call him she said I have not talked to Bill Cosby on the phone and I don't know how long so for me to pick up the phone having not talked to you for five years except for when we run into each other for a Cosby event, I feel that's not my place to do. And even back then when that when that particular story broke, 
I felt I understand her, you know, but there was still issues with that. And I just really get a little bit frustrated with. I, th- I think the whole thing is that we're in a troll society yes. <laughs> because, you know, it's always something now, you know, the, the court of public opinion has always been there. And I don't think that'll ever change. Even before the days of uh, widespread TV, um, you know, uh, so there's a PR piece to any trial. This man, whether he, he's found guilty or innocent by law, you know, that doesn't mean anything as far as he'll never get a, another deal again. Yes. He just won't. And, and another part piece of this, because she, she did this, I, I was glad to see that uh, Bill Cosby or someone that works for him tweeted a thank you out to her, saying thank you to Cliff and Claire's four-year-old daughter, Rudy, and a brilliant spellman alumnus okay now as a result of this remember she just recently went through with this little i don't know if they're actually divorced yet or if they're still in the process of getting this divorce then she just had the baby by ed hartwell well he's now suing her because she went to support bill cosby and hoyt say what (laughs) he's suing her yes because she did she take the baby (laughs) no but it has something to do with the baby. He's he. It says that uh, she's suing him for violating their custom custody agreement to go be with Bill Cosby in Philadelphia, despite it falling on his visitation day. He wants he wants makeup visitation time, reimbursement for legal fees, and for her to be held in contempt. You know, since their whole thing started it's something about him i don't follow him i don't follow what's the name lisa Wu, and all of that but it's something about him how i can see doing the makeup visitation but why couldn't he first talk to her about that i don't know if he did but it seems like he's always trying to sue and he's a liar, first of all, because he tried to say the baby wasn't his, so he's a liar. So it, I don't know what she saw in him. Saw in him. Me. I feel like he's out for celebrity. Because yeah. is he still playing? I don't think he's playing football. I don't think before. he's. Yeah, I don't think he's played in a while. I'm not sure, but I don't. I think he might even be retired, but I'm not. I'm not too sure about that. I never had even. Actually, I've never even heard of him until he was with her. But I'm sure there were other people, the people that knew of him because of Lisa Wu when she was on uh, the Housewives of Atlanta, I believe. Now, the only messy, the messy side of me wants to see when, whenever one of these Housewives of Atlanta seasons come back, if they ever to include um, uh, Keisha, Keisha, I would love for them to also in invite Lisa. Mm-hmm. We don't need the we don't need Ed Hartwell, but I would like to see uh her and her and Lisa uh kind of interact. You know, mm-hmm. and I would like it to be peaceful, but you know, I know Lisa Wu is a little crazy when she wanna be, so I don't know. 
Yeah. And I know they've kind of had some uh, some news, some little gossip out there in the blogs before, you know, dealing with um, with Lisa Wu's child didn't, and uh, was the reason, was the way that Lisa Wu even found out that she was marrying uh, or married to Ed, Ed Hartwell. Like, she didn't even, like, know about the wedding or anything until her child told them, who her child, you know, of course, goes around them. Goes around Keisha. So that was kind of an issue with that. I think Lisa Wu might have mentioned that on one of one of her seasons of Hollywood Divas or something that she's on, but they didn't really get into it. I think it just kind of happened in passing. So I was like, if you didn't really know what was going on, you wouldn't really know what she was talking about. Hmm. My thing and, is with that situation, I, I'm just, cause the, the, these children are going to grow up, especially um, Keisha's and Ed. And, you know, nothing ever is erased. So whether they bring it up or anything, that child is could have the opportunity to find out that, you know, they were arguing back and forth in public. Um, They will find out. um, Dad, um, didn't believe I was he is. It's just stupid. And they both of them seem to be acting like children themselves in that. I understand that there's feelings involved, but I'm like, grow the fuck up and let's move on. One of the um, interesting things that happened this week was, of course, the James Comey uh, testimony before the Senate Intelligence Committee. But beyond that, while that was going on, the Senate Republicans were working behind closed doors amongst themselves um, to try to make plans to uh, repeal the ACA or Obamacare. And um, one of uh, the Democratic senators um, has been really upset about this because, you know, when the Democrats passed the ACA in 2010, I think it was 2010, Um, you know, the Republicans always said they're doing it behind closed doors, they're making these side deals, and they had like well over, I think it was over 100 hearings just on health care. And the way that the House uh, Republicans did it, it was behind closed doors and just passed it. And it seems like the Senate Republicans are doing the same thing. So we don't know what is in this bill or upcoming bill or who is going to hurt or if it's going to keep health care or not. Uh, because, you know, the, the House side, they passed it before they got the CBO um, sign of approval or the numbers from the, the CBO. And it turns out that it's going to take healthcare away from 23 million people across the country. Uh, the number I've seen so far um, from the Senate side could be up to 21 million people who that will lose health care. And for, you know, some people will say, you know, it's just gonna um, take Obamacare away. But at the same time, Trump has proposed a budget 
where he's cutting Medicaid, which helps uh, poor and disabled people, as well as cutting Social Security by 20%. And this is a lot because Social Security disability, um, first of all, the SSDI, you work um, to earn that. So it's not it's not an entire entitlement. You work, you pay money in out of every check you get. And if you do become disabled, you get money based on what you paid into the system. Right. With SSI, that is more um, for you to not be homeless and on the street. It's going to pay for the basics. Um, I think right now, um, what you get per month on SSI is maybe seven hundred um, semi dollars, maybe six uh, seven sixty a month. So you said SSDI is. First of all, I'm gonna just confess for the listeners that I don't really know anything about this, but it's definitely interesting, especially when you're talking about the fact that there can be a lot of people not even having health care anymore yeah. if, if you know but so you're saying that ssdi is something that you earn which i've, I've heard of that but mm -hmm. the what is the other ssi ssi mm -hmm. and so where does the money come from for that is that just just government funded or something it's it's taxpayer funded it works just like um insurance okay. basically because if people didn't have that, you taxpayers are going to wind up paying for them in some form or fashion. Mm -hmm. So you can have a person homeless on the street, but if they go into the hospital for whatever reason, into the emergency room, and they can't pay, taxpayers yes, pay it. Yeah. Okay. The taxpayer. So, so you're saying there's a threat to SSI being taken away, basically? There's a threat to cut it, um, Social Security, by 20%. So take, for instance, when I was on SSDI, when I lost my sight, I got just, say, um, $1,300 a month. And that barely covered, but that's what I paid into the system um, to allow me to get that amount, you know, at that time. Question. Mm -hmm. So so with SSDI being that we pay into that, we work for that, as you said, um, mm -hmm. will that, will, does that money run out at some point, depending on how much you have worked or whatever? No, because when Social Security was set up, it was set up, I think it was maybe five or six workers at the time that covered one person. So there was always money in there because, like I said, it works like insurance. You pay your insurance every month, but you don't, you're not sick all the time. Right. So what you pay into it is going into covering somebody else and when you need it somebody else kind of covering is you. covering you and okay. so when social security was started there were a lot of workers to cover one single person it's okay. not like that anymore 
So that's why they keep saying that, um, you know, Social Security is is facing um, a deficit, I guess. But the reason uh, what they could do was is raise the amount of taxable income for Social Security. Um, I don't know the specific number, but like a person that makes say Oprah. I think Oprah's what a, a billionaire, but she only pays up to the first hundred semi thousand dollars towards social social security. So they can raise um the taxable income to whatever they want. Um I think I heard during one of the campaigns either 2016 or 2012, they said raise it up to $250,000, the the amount of taxable income, and that will solve the the looming deficit of Social Security. But, you know, my point is they're talking about cutting all these programs and they list them all as entitlements but they're not entitlements. And why wouldn't you want somebody, people to have a home to be in or food? Because you're, if you don't pay it here with Social Security, you're going to pay it elsewhere. And it's going to be more when you pay it elsewhere. So, you know, I, I just really don't understand why these Republicans, congressional Republicans are doing this. They're not explaining themselves very well, and they're doing the exact thing that they accuse the Democrats of doing, which they didn't do. And I don't see how people continue to support this. I can see people being upset at how government has um, treated them in the past, but this is going to hurt the people that voted for Trump. Um, so I don't see it. I don't see how it works. Um, I don't know. But they, they're good, really good about telling people to pull themselves up by their boots, bootstraps, but there's no boots to pull up because <laughs> everybody's going to be walking around barefoot um, with all these cuts. And it's... Social Security, you do not get rich off of it. It's so you can meet your basic needs. So you can have food, so you can have shelter. Um, You're not rich off of it. And when they talk about, you know, people are gaming the system, that's a lie as well. Because, you know, when I did Social Security disability as a job, there's a lot that you have to go through. You just don't go in there and say, oh, I'm disabled. Give me some money. <laughs> you have to you have to prove that you're disabled. And you do that by going to doctors, which Social Security pays for in a lot of instances. Or you go to your own doctor, and they have to certify. And you certify by sending medical your medical records and they review that. So there's not 
there's not people gaming the system. And if it is, it's very, very little because there's no payoff. There's absolutely no payoff to be gaming the system. So I just don't get it. I never will. And I hope these fuckers get voted out of office next year. I know we were talking about this um, TSA pat down um, and you didn't get to finish telling me. So I figured, why don't you tell everybody else while you're telling me what happened? Um, Well, actually, I haven't even seen the full uh, raw video. So Mm -hmm. what I had decided to do was just watch it. And, and kind of give my live reaction a little bit, I guess, okay. over the, the cell phone footage that the mom recorded of this whole thing. Okay. I'm watching this man. I mean, I know that TSA can be, you know, being that I've flown a few times at least, you know, I know that they kind of, you know, touch on you or whatever, and it can some maybe sometimes even feel a little bit whatever, but this man is literally, I mean, you know, they have a pat down, but mm-hmm. this is literally a rub down. Like, he might as well have turned around and laid this boy on the table and literally rubbed him down and got some oil and went to work. <laughs> now, I might have been a little bit dramatic with that, but he was literally, I mean, I'll, I'm as I'm watching this playing right now, and I'm not sure if there's any inch of this boy body he ain't touched yet. Oh. Other than maybe his fingertips and his head. Oh. I mean, he's going, he's lifting the boy's shirt up. He's literally rubbing down the boy's backside. I'm trying to be good by calling it a backside. <laughs> so he's literally rubbing it down like probably about 10 strokes. And then he'll go around and rub the sides of the boy's legs. He'll go into the front, rubbing literally on the boy's crotch area, rubbing down about five, to, you know, five or more times. Then he's rubbing the boy's chest. He's rubbing the boy's back. He's rub, touching on the boy's shoulders. Got the boy standing up there with his arms stretched out like he about to do a, uh, what's that drunk test where you got to walk in a straight line? Mm-hmm. You know, and he's like reaching, rubbing all under his underarm and. I mean, this is a 13-year-old boy. Not saying that, you know, we don't have any kid criminals in this world, you know, but, you know, I feel like he would not, and if he would have done this to a a grown man, I'm not sure this would have gone over the same way with the boy just standing there and his mom recording it. I kind of feel a little way about the mom just literally standing there recording that. I think... Based on what you're describing, I think she might have been, well, of course she was upset by it uh, because it's on Facebook. (laughs) Um, So maybe, I don't know what color these people were. They were, or I'm not sure exactly the race, but they look like a white uh, family. Okay. Um, You know... 
I think if it were a black mom, it would have, well, we don't know what we don't know because she might not have recorded, you know, everything. Um, but I think if it was a black mom, that would have been hell to pay. Cause I understand you have to do the pat downs or whatever. But and here's another, another clincher with this is that I'm not sure if this actually went on for 45 minutes, but they were actually held up by TSA for 45 minutes. And this was all prompted by a laptop that was found in the boy's bag. So, okay. I'm guessing that the laptop didn't go through the little security thing. I'm guessing. I could be wrong. But, and so, I, like I said, I can see them padding down, but with the way you're describing it, I don't understand that, whether it's a boy or a grown man or a girl or a woman, a grown right. woman. I don't get it. Um, and they did this out in the open, or? This could be in the office somewhere. It might be. It could be. I don't know. Right. But... Well, I don't know. This was a bit, it was, I don't know. It makes me really want to look it up because. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm, I thought, I just thought that, I mean, if you have an explosive type of situation that was triggered, I mean, I don't know how this might sound, but I just thought maybe they would have the person just, you know, take somewhere and get them butt naked to make sure it ain't nothing on them because of the way this man was rubbing him. I mean, he the boy might as well have been just naked. It would have made it easier to just mm-hmm. see the fact that it ain't no explosives on me. Mm-hmm. Well, they have that thing that they can do, the wand, and then yeah. I know a lot of the airports have the thing that you can walk through that is supposed to be able to detect, I guess, right? Um, explosives. I mean, okay. It seemed like yeah. to me the thing would have been test the laptop. <laughs> well, I can get why. I even get why they would pat him down. Um, because I think if we had never experienced 9 11, um, I would be more outraged about it. And maybe I'm not outraged because I can't see the way they're they're patting him down i i'm sure that's what it is but you know these tsa people um they get paid they get paid you know uh bullshit money (laughs) and they're supposed to be protecting us and you know you have bad apples and every everywhere I mean, it's just a little weird. I mean, this is a 13-year-old boy. He's with his mom. I can see, like you say, checking the, checking the, you know, the people, you know, for explosive. But nobody's checking the mom either. Like I feel like every, you know, each part, whoever was in that party of people should have been all getting checked. I mean, because just because the laptop was in his bag, he's with his mom. 
who's to say if it really was a bomb, maybe she has the detonator or Well, we whatever. don't know. We don't know that they didn't check her. All we have is... True. We, that's true. That's true. Yeah. And you know how social media does like to mm-hmm. throw out one piece of a story and sensationalize. As we come to a close, um, I just want to thank everyone for continuing to follow us. Um, we're going to keep getting better and we hope to get topics from you. So if you uh, want to share some ideas that you want to hear on this podcast, Hope You Ready podcast, send an email to hyrpodcast at gmail.com. So hope you're ready podcast hyr podcast at gmail.com and follow us on face on facebook at hope you're ready and look us up all right i want to say oh (laughs) (laughs) okay i just want i just want to say before we're done that if you are someone who goes to work only for the work day to further confirm the fact that you work with a bunch of idiots, shout out to you and have a drink while you think about the Hope You Ready podcast. All right, next time. I'll-